because I know how to misbehave. And yeah. on that day, I said, I'm not coming here to show up myself. I'm going to come here. I'm going to behave myself. Um, but I am going to share because what you're doing is that problematic. Mm. Welcome to Surviving Society. With Chantel and Tiso. This season's broad theme is... Reconfiguring Whiteness. We're going to do something a little bit different today with some very special guests that I'm going to introduce shortly. But it is, when you're listening to this now, it is November. But whilst we're recording, it is October. And we know that October is Black History Month. So obviously, as you know, me and T have mixed feelings about Black History Month. Each year we try and discuss these in a sort of holistic, nuanced way. Anyway, so this is a long introduction to say that we are joined by the Echo Chamber podcast. Whoop, whoop, whoop. A.K.A. Ez and Jade. Podcasters, writers, youth workers and all-round legends. And we're going to discuss together, as a collaborative podcast... The pros and cons of Black History Month. I like that collaborative. And and also I, like I think I'm, well. sorry I'm gonna I'm gonna shut up in a minute but I just want to say one of the reasons why I wanted this to come out in November is to sort of make a point about how Black History almost shouldn't be fixed on one month like Black mm-hmm. History should be all twelve months. However, there probably there are reasons why we maybe need to have a celebrated four weeks. Anyway, let's let's get to it. Hello, Jade and Ed. Hello. Thank you so much. <laughs> T, you haven't even said anything yet. Sorry, I've, I've, just said, took, I've, I've, took... I've said yo. <laughs> <laughs> I took over a bit then. Sorry, guys. <laughs> go on, go on. We could all just sort of give our little, like, sort of sentences or little monologues about what we feel about that history month, and then we could take it from there. All right, everyone hears from me all the time, so to the guests, really. Ed and Jade, go on. Jade will go first. <laughs> oh, um, interestingly, when um, Ez messaged me and was like, oh, okay, we're going to talk about Black History Month, the pros and cons, I was like, I don't know what to say. I don't know yeah. if I've got much to say about that. And I think that comes from working in schools. So for a while, I worked in schools um, and I worked in areas that were uh, had predominantly Muslim pupils. And I had some very interesting experiences in those schools um, because I found that the staff body was also predominantly male and Muslim as well. And so I think my role in a lot of those schools was to try and sort of infiltrate beyond my, Mm. do you know what I mean, black woman thing. Um, So I definitely saw while I was working in schools the pros to Black History Month because I felt like it was probably a time when people were very receptive and it culminated in me actually I did an exhibit 2016 I did an exhibit I got some stories together from black men um, about their experiences with institutions in Britain Mm -hmm. and I exhibited them for a week in Black History Month so I think I say all of this to say that my experience, my personal experience with Black History Month as an adult has been somewhat positive and I've seen the necessity of Black History Month. But I see also that that is when I'm attempting to communicate with particular groups of people or I'm attempting to sort of, yeah, impact them or affect them or, yeah, change the narrative. So, um, yeah, maybe I think I'll leave it there because I know that... Just to be clear, on this school, so not no black Muslims, so no black African-Caribbean... One of them, the most... OK, I worked in I worked in three schools, but two, 
both in Tower Hamlets. Mm. Mm. Oh, roll, is that what you're Bengali. So it was literally like 95% Bengali, about okay. 3% Somali. Okay. Um, and then you had a one, two white faces other. dotted around, the perhaps other. West African. Mm. Yeah, that was it. I concur. <laughs> okay, what school did you go to? I didn't go to, I went out at the manor. I was, oh. I was in... Um, South London. Really? Oh, okay. Really sent you off to the South, didn't you? Yeah, but yeah. This, was, this was a long time ago. I'm an old man, so it was a long time ago. Before... It's interesting that you say that you're an old man and that it was a long time ago because um, one of the schools that I worked in got to know the behaviour guy who was a black man, yeah. an older black man. So he had been working there for some years and he had some horror stories to tell me, boy, about that school. So I'm sure if I told you the name of the school, you would be able to... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, like, it's a long... like Obviously, when I grew up, it's, there was less... Well, Hardly any Bengalis there, right? Okay. So it was a predominantly white area. Okay. And in the mid eighties, mid to late eighties, that's been that shifted. Boom, boom, boom. But up until then, we had white people. So yeah. I grew up with a majority of white people. So my mum sent me to school to be more. I don't mean she did this intentionally, but it sent me to Clapham Junction. I didn't know there was that many black people in, in London ever. <laughs> the UK. I was like, raw. Look how big they are. Wearing Nike hair. Okay, that's really interesting. Before we get to it, as go on. Your thoughts. So, I, I don't understand why. Well, I do understand. That's not true. But I don't think that. I don't think. It, I think it's very tokenistic that we have a month. Um, I don't think it is even given as much reverence or respect, the fact that it is, we've got a month for it, I don't even think that that's even given enough reverence or respect. I don't think that it's taught properly, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Like Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, mm. American history rather than British history, blah, 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 blah. But I think we have that conversation quite a bit. Mm. I have benefited personally from Black History Month. So my busiest month as a freelancer is always October, apart from this year where I've decided to not, engage in any Black History Month events Mm -hmm. yeah for personal reasons but yeah I think I've benefited from it I've I've actually been involved in some really good events that I've been like walked away from and felt really proud to be a part of but then I think in terms of the wider narrative around blackness in Britain I don't know what this month has done for black people in Britain. Do you know what they're both valid points of view and they both make sense they're not contradictory interlinked and they're both true what do uh, you think? I personally I think not to sit in the fence it's, it's a combination of two I think they have it's beneficial because this month people are receptive but it's also tokenistic it's also there's no kind of structure to it so there's no key stage three requirement to teach to teach this in schools mm-hmm. right? So there's no structure. So how is it? How is it ever going to change people's minds? But what? even if being taught by people that don't have a clue, I've done a lot of working in that school mm. as well, and if being taught by people that literally have got no concept of Black British history is but, for but, themselves. But equally, and I'd say to I say to most Black people, I say, what is Black Black, black British history? Mm. And most Black people, and this is the most frustrating thing mm. for me, they all start talking to me about America. Don't do that. Don't, I'll, I'll throw a book in your face, bro. But don't do that. Listen, there's so much more to us to yeah. hear. And you have to remember, I, I try to say this, there's no one way of being black. So when you're describing a black person, because of the diaspora, we're not the same everywhere. Exactly. We're culturally linked in certain places. So a black person in Japan is a black person in Japan. Yeah. And one in Russia is one in Russia. So you have to learn, when we're talking about black British history, we should really learn black British history. So you want to go back to people like Septimir Surface, right? He's a, an African, he's an African emperor. From Libya, 
right? Present day Libya. And you under, when you start seeing it, and when you go up to Hadrian's Wall, you see barracks, people from all across the world, black people in Scotland, mm. in the second century, third century. And you start seeing there's a different pattern. Why are we like this? Mm. Why are we so different from our American cousins? Mm. There's no plantations of this. Mm. We yeah, have a different yeah. relation to mm -hmm. slavery. Yep. I think it's interesting what you're saying, though, because I feel like, in my mind, I've always thought, actually, we are living history every day. Mm. So if I did something last year, that is something in history. Do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. And so when I did the exhibit... I don't even think I was very intentional. Don't think I didn't have the the mind that I have now, basically. But I think inside, or maybe on a metaphysical level, I had an understanding that this generation has stories and history to tell when it needs to be archived. And so I think that sort of I am agreeing with what you're saying and what, with what you said as well as. But the teachers, even if you did know something about Liverpool. And do you know what I mean? Like them bringing in slave ships and what have you there. Cool. But you don't know about the youth's mum <laughs> yeah, that's in your class. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Who started up a community centre in ends. Do yeah. you get what I mean? Yeah. So, um, it needs to be yeah. holistic, right? It needs yeah. to reflect what's going on now, mm, yeah. right? And But to, to do that now, it, again, most people touch it on a tokenistic part. So I don't see... Skepta, because now he's going to have Adele. So he's mainstream, you get me? Apparently, allegedly. 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 Whatever yeah. it is, right? Do you know what I mean? So it's about, it's about having that deeper conversation. And it's, again, about having that conversation. So this month allows us to have those kind of conversations, mm. right? Because outside that, right, they're generally not interested. But does it, is my question. And just going back to Ez's point about the teaching of it, if we look at some amazing research, but equally very depressing, by um, Nadina Doherty... Mm. I've never met Nadina, shout out, but please come on the podcast, um, has done some research in schools that shows that white teachers teaching Black History Month let white fragility get in the way of them being able to do it adequately. Of course. And they basically, like, have their guilt, like, infiltrates their teaching but ability. This is, but this is the point, right? And this is the point. But she's got core I don't empirical even think that evidence. They should be in positions to. Like, I feel like on a month like this, if yeah. we're doing anything. Black history, mm. it needs to be outsourced until we have, until we have an education system that is supportive of it being done properly. So my, okay. thing, my one of my main issues is actually we're teaching the youth the wrong things. We're teaching, we're not. So if we're going to equip them, we need to give them proper and accurate mm -hmm. knowledge. Um, but we're not doing that. So if you're not going to outsource it to experts and to people that know and that mm. can do it justice then for me I don't know yeah no yeah. I, I think I think that makes sense I think that's a, a a good practical solution to doing this but what we need to understand is that why does black history month exist right it exists because of whiteness right whiteness is it's an absence right mm. it doesn't it doesn't define itself black history we define itself in a month mm. but the rest of the time whiteness exists so in its absence it's describing itself so this is why I'm trying to say to you why do these things exist it exists because of you Mm. Not because of me, yeah, it's because of you. Yeah. So why does women's history, why does women months exist? Because all the time it's patriarchy. Yeah. Mm. My my presence gives you your, your absence. It explains your absence. Yeah. So the first time, it's about first time. It's not about this black history. Never about about me. It's always about you mm. trying to understand what you did. And like I said, in 2019, I can't sit there and and comfortably say, "Listen, talk you through it." It's about you trying to be understand why this exists. 
But that's so for me, I don't think white people mm-hmm. are sitting in a room having a conversation about it being black history. No, no, but this is the thing, because they've never had to. This is the point. When you're the dominant thing and it's normal to you, you've never had to. So listen, they'll never sit there. So in as much as you so everything you've just said, mm-hmm. I am on board with, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and I completely agree. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we know this and we've been knowing this. Yeah, yeah. And we've been this is our lives. So mm-hmm. this is for so everyone in this room I'm confident mm-hmm. this is our lives in October or not, yeah? Mm-hmm. Now, this is not their lives. Mm-hmm. They do not, they have not demonstrated mm-hmm. a willingness to engage with this conversation in a meaningful way, mm-hmm. but they will turn up to our events, they will eat our giraffe, they will eat our <laughs> yeah. curry goat, they will dance our dance, and they will get to say that they have celebrated Black History in October. So, so what we're doing, right? So there's, what we, what we need to be careful of is not to homogenise whiteness, right? Mm. Because there's a spectrum of people. So what we need to do is interrogate that spectrum and understand just as much they they can't homogenize us, we can't homogenize them. Yeah. There's people there that are never going to be brought on board. They don't care, they don't like us, they hate us, whatever. But there's a group of people, yeah, that are tokenistic, but there's also a group of people that are well-meaning, and they can be our allies, right? So it's about interrogating that kind of mass of people, and you, you might get in, in a room, you might get one or two, and that one or two is how far you're going, to, and that's how you're making progress. That's how you mark your progress. But like I said, it's about reconfiguring whiteness, but also reconfiguring us ourselves and trying to say, listen, it's just as much as we're complex, I don't understand you're complex, but understanding why we exist. My existence explains your superiority. That's how you framed it. This is how you framed it in the West. In January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, yeah. October, November, this is, and December. Yeah, this is it. So what I think I'm trying to get to, or what, and again, it's interesting because... Mm. I've already said this before we started recording. Mm. I know I'm going to contradict myself a lot because mm. I do see the is, I see the is, pros yeah, and the cons. Yeah. So mm. I see, but I guess what I'm trying to get to or what I'm trying to unpick a little bit mm. more of is what about October or February in the States? What about this month that we have dedicated to it? What is, what is the benefit of that in doing that important work that you've just described? What is the benefit? Right, so... Is it because we can grab their attention? Right, or is so it because... Like said, look, right. We have to understand, right, so, and it's, it's the, the shame of it is, they only allow us to do what, what they allow us to do, right? So, they gave women to vote in 19, what, 19, in America, 1920-something, but they didn't allow black women to vote till 1965. It's when they decide to do, when they, that working class, when they decide to do. We have to understand that, right? That's the reality you work in. So, they've allowed us a month. So, I'm going to need to do what I can in that month, because for the, for the rest of the month, they don't care. But, but, but okay, so... That maybe leads on to my thoughts on Black History Month. Because of that reason exactly is possibly why I don't engage in Black History Month. And by engage, I mean I won't sit on a panel. Even if it's a paid panel, I won't do that. I'll advise my black peers, if they are going to do it, which I totally respect, make sure you're being paid. Sorry, I, well, I think everyone's still doing the job. Even though you're not protesting, you're still, you don't stop being doing the work that you're doing. You do it all the time. Yep. So you're just you're just having a break effectively. No, I'm just getting paid to do it. Yeah, but that's what I mean. It's like I just find it a bit like so. There's this one month, and and it's even the sort of discourse around it. And this isn't this isn't everyone, of course. And I agree with T. We can't homogenize whiteness. But some of the emails that I get asking me to take part in Black History Month events, they don't even try and hide the tokenism. And these are institutions or organisations that will have all white panels throughout the whole year and then they'll stick a load of black people at an event in in October. Pisses me off, those people. However, as Ez was saying, and Jade, actually, there are some amazing things that go on in Black History Month, particularly that which is 
done, which is curated, been by, curated black people. by black people and also the black people that have been doing that work the other 11 months of the year as well. Yeah. So I definitely sit on a contradiction as well. I guess from my perspective, I come at it from the higher education point of view, higher education in terms of how universities conduct themselves. It, it, there's not a week goes by that I don't hear of an institution, departments, whatever, fucking over black people and also people of colour as well within their organisations. Mm. And then they have a month where they get to like parade about like, oh, we care about black history, we care about this, we care about that. It annoys me so much. And that's not to negate from the work that is done by black academics in these institutions that are doing that work, but it's more that the institution itself, for me, represents racism and white supremacy. So I don't feel comfortable celebrating in these spaces. I don't know. I don't so know. are you are you sorry, on, are you like sort of I feel like I hear you yeah. in that. So you feel as though you've got to get a bit to have a bit. Basically, throw your hat in the ring for their multicultural agenda. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And be party to it mm. in order to really show out. So it's like they give you this month to really do what you need to do, say what you need to say. I feel like that's what T's saying a wait, little so bit. I, I, yeah. Okay. I find... Wait. And be remunerated for it as well adequately. Yeah. I think my black peers, black students, black academics who feel comfortable doing it, then that is a reason why I think they should do it. Like, yeah. Get your money from these places, like, do what you can this month that might help black people coming through the academy. But for me, both my lived experience and also my working and studying life, there's too many contradictions, there's too many racist practices for me to take seriously that yeah. goldsmiths, I agree with you. whatever, yeah. are taking yeah. that history month seriously. Like it's it's yeah. And yeah. for this year, the one of the main... And again, I'm going to full disclaimer here. <laughs> This year, I'm in a different financial situation mm. where I don't I've need... I've got peas. I've never got peas. Let's go buy some training. Let's go buy some training. Don't No, I definitely don't have these. However, I'm not... I am in employ- I'm, I'm, I'm in a different situation financially, whereas normally I gear up for October because I saved the most money in October from doing all these events and doing all this and that. Mm. So I'm um, again, and next year I might be the new situation. So please employ me then. <laughs> However, this year I have made an active decision to say I'm not. I'm not doing it. Is, it feels like I'm colluding. This is the bad thing about it, right? And this is not for me. I remember this is what Adam said last last last, last week. It has a tendency. Black history has a tendency to devalue the work that we do all, all, all our lives, right? Yeah. And that's mm. problematic. And that is prob- And I don't see. I don't know how any way around it because that month exists. Like the way the system works, the system will just say, "I reward you. I remunerate you." In October. For the rest of the time, you're going to have to scrape, scrape, and even do it for free. So as you were speaking, Mm -hmm. um, Chantel, I was thinking about something that I went to recently. It wasn't in October. It was a conference, Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't anything necessary. Okay, so it was about child and sexual exploitation. Okay. And And criminal exploitation. Yeah, so child as in, like, so the kids that are being used for county lines and things like that. And um, basically what the message was was... Um, because obviously the media narrative is like these, there's these little white girls and boys that are being victim to these things. They, this, this black woman wanted to sort of broaden the perspective and be like, look, there are so many young black kids that are victims to these things. Sis, amazing, yeah? yeah I'm with you. Yeah, However, oh. right? However, it was very clear for me to see how her collusion fucked up her whole thing basically yeah and that's 
Uh, am I allowed to swear? Sorry. <laughs> oh no, the way you did your face was like, oh, sis. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Her collusion really shagged her. It, it proper shagged her. She had the maddest white men okay. on panels. Right. I've and the thing is, it's really sad, you know, because I had to. I had to say something to the both of them. And the last one. Did she respond? Eh? Did she respond to what you said? No, it wasn't. She wasn't. You're, you were speaking to the white men. Oh, so yeah, 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 yeah. Had the issue with yeah, so the, one, of the, one of them, actually, I feel like he made sure that it was, that he allowed it to happen at the institution. So he was basically a professor at the particular university. So I think he worked very closely with the organiser to like get her the room, get her the space and helped her organise. But he was extremely problematic. And when it was myself and Ez that we're able to dissect like you're a cunt and we're going to tell you, you do you know what I mean? Um, not in those words. Not in those words. We really, you know, I don't know how to hold a white man's ego. I, yeah. I have to admit that. But I, we weren't, do you know what I mean? We were really gentle, I actually. we were really, really, and we're not gentle women particularly. No, you're, 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 but you're we were very so gentle. And you're very, we yeah. were so gentle. We were so just we came corrected it because I know how to misbehave and yeah. on that day I said I'm not coming here to show up myself I'm going to come here I'm going to behave myself um, but I am going to share because what you're doing is that problematic mm. and the response yeah was evidence of why for me it feels like colluded or saying we're going to do some inclusive mm. type something no, because yeah. like you, like Tiso said, there are white there are white allies that we can identify that we can kind of work with that we that will support that will play their role that know their place, that know what role they want to play that are open to learning and I'm open to learning from also <laughs> yeah so there's that dual exchange whereas they had very colonial mindsets and it was clear in how in their presentations it was clear in. Their response their to us. Their to being challenged. But the, the other thing with that is, I feel that a lot of people will walk away from an event like that. And again, no, this isn't to sis who put it on because she really tried. And there were actually, there were one or two black panellists that were amazing. There was a young person there. There was even a white, a white male panellist that was amazing. Tim. Oh, yeah, Tim Champion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, big up Tim, man. Oh, Tim. 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 I've got time for Tim. Tim. Because he came and he knew how to... He respected himself enough yeah. to understand the space he was in. But also, actually, there was a white female panellist who presented as working class. That might be a judgment, but, yeah, so I would... Hacked yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I actually feel like... She, I really liked her presentation, mm-hmm. um, and she seemed to really get it. However, when Jade challenged the white man, a she, young, good-looking white man who evidently fancied himself and whatever, she—that was her son she went in, her, in her she eyes. Was like, she literally, it was like she jumped on Jade so quickly. Yeah. So everything, all the understanding, or all of the like, oh, you get this, you get the context that you're talking about. All of that went out the window for her to jump on Jay's head because she felt obviously that her child was being attacked or something along those lines. So this is what so this is what I mean. Like, it's such a good example of where for me we can't adequately do Black History Month because we still don't know how to talk to Black women properly in public spaces. Mm, yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's things like that that I find really like 
why I bring it back here up for me sometimes from an institutional point of view seems tokenistic because there's so many things on a dialogical level on like a just pure communication level that we're still not doing correctly I feel mm. like like the fact that you've just asked you, would would he respond to never yeah do you know what I mean never. like it's those things which I feel like I've just seen too many black people be victim of basically mm. particularly working class but this don't happen in October so my point is in October what actually happens is we tend to have successful events mm. and they come they eat the giraffe they do the candy they eat the curry goat they do or if it's a more <laughs> academic event they listen they write notes mm. they, we do, they we might do even a struggle cry we do, do you know what I mean panel. we might even set like an agenda of how we can move this forward that and it's successful in October mm. so f- f- hence why I'm a little bit like mm. so, so how, how I can as I get what you're saying, how, how do you move that from that month into the, the rest of the 11 months? That kind of... But not even moving it. How do no. we, how do we, te- how do we measure? So how do we measure that these quote-unquote successful events are impactful? How do we measure impact? You, you can never measure impact. It's like teaching a class at school, like 30 kids. You might get one that you get reach through, but the, the 29, you don't know, man. If I would give you a, a kind of a broad spread, over my lifetime... I thought we had this like thing of anti-racism, right? So from the 80s, it was fucked up, right? 90s was getting better. 2000, we thought we were like a multiracial nation. Brexit happened, what the fuck? It shows you that no one was fucking listening, man. No one cared. <laughs> that, thing, that shit was still there. So all that work for 40 years, people thought we did. So you had that evolution over there in 1977, right? Mm. Fighting for fascist rights and all this mm. kind of thing. We thought we had an impact. Come 2016, there was no fucking impact. Mm. So it shows you all that work that you did. You never know how much work's working. But... There's a spectrum of people, right? Mm. In that spectrum, there might be some people that you can work with. It's always going to be an arsehole. And that arsehole might be a sizable minority or a sizable majority. We don't know. But it's, right now, right now... It is hard it, to not get hard. depressed at this but current moment. To, but you have to remember, yeah. it's, we exist as minorities in this state, right? And it's as a minority group, it's a fuckery. Always going to be that way. Always. I don't see it changing. Historically, I don't see that changing. I think I think it's interesting what you're saying because I am of the belief that what we're seeing now is scapegoating. So I think we're living in a time where we have to look at the economics, the politics, as well as like the other underlying stuff. So I'm not. I think you're right that racism it, it hasn't. Do you know what I mean? Like nothing's really changed. But I think there's so many other factors um, in that. So I think one thing is that I think black women are frontlining the the conversation more so than was probably going on back in the mm-hmm. 70s and whatever. So I think there's also like a sexist yeah. element to it as well. Um, I also think that we need to look at the economics of things. So I think that in the in this time that we're attempting to scapegoat and we've got like this free information that's just that has no quality anymore, we've got stupid people able to have like uh, platforms and a voice and stuff. And this is the thing, you have to understand the nature of how it expanded. It was always purported by and pushed by people who are super intelligent, pushed by academia, mm. pushed in books. Pushed, pushed by the media. So these people have money. These people are well-educated. So, for example, there's a channel program of what's the chops, the, the chick from Flipping Gogglebox, and she's got her own show. Oh, uh, anyway, what's that? Uh, she's she's that's from the Geordie. Yeah, what's yeah. her name? Fuck knows. Anyway, she's got a program where they're moving her whole house to fucking Africa, right? Human zoo again. So channel 4 just, just did this. 
Channel 4 are putting a program on where they take a, a White House and listen Scarlet Moffat. That's her fucking job. Scarlet Moffat. Right? So listen, this is a. She's doing what? Yeah. <laughs> doing what? Exactly what he they're said is what house, is happening. They're, her, her they're house, doing what? Put in her house. Which is it in. Where, which country is Fuck it? No, in? I can't remember which country. Somewhere I can't remember. But they put in a whole house. Uh, you got it on there. Boom. Right. Right. Listen. So, he, that, so these, are, these are, this is not coming. <laughs> look at the, and look at the picture. Right. Listen. Right. Again, <laughs> again. Have you a, seen the picture? Yeah. I don't want to. Right. After, so, after. So, who, who's putting out these narratives? This is well educated, well funded people, right? So, it, we, there's also racism. There's racism from below 100%. There's racism, racism from it's always I don't mind the racism from below, you know, because it comes from a different place. And I actually feel like if those people had access to education, if those people had the different experiences, those people actually, if you connect with on a human level, yeah, yeah. in my experience, Correct. I've worked in some prisons with some real... Do you know what I mean? Well, like, yeah. Prob- yeah, yeah, proper, 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 yeah. proper. And I've been able to build bridges and connect and they're probably still racist in their own way, but they're, they're, that's different yeah. from what you're talking about, mm. that mm. organised, intentional... But those people, the organised, intentional, have always been at the... They've so, always been there. So, so, this is the thing. so this is the thing. So this understand, we understand, we understand this as black people, the structure. Mm-hmm. This is the structure of racism that you're seeing. So I'm trying to say to white people now, listen, it's, it's a tiring conversation, but we always have to have this. This is what whiteness is. Mm. Trying to understand... So when they say to me, well, T, what, like, can, I, can you be racist? I'll say, no. No, why? Because I don't have no fucking power. If I called you a white cunt, what do you do? You just think, oh, he's an arsehole. If you call me a black, I'll punch your fucking face in. Why? <laughs> why? Because there's a historical, there's a social power. Yeah. And I said, it's that power. You just have to understand. It's prejudice plus discrimination plus power. The power makes this a problem. Oh, okay, guys, I've got a question for you. I'm really glad racism's come up. Um, not because I necessarily like talking about it, but because yeah. I've got a situation, I've got, a, I saw something basically written and I thought, wow, that makes a really good point. Like, for me, like, my white family come from a really working class part of Kent. Like, no one's got any money on that side of my family. Um, so they've got some people, won't go into too much detail, but yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Basically, I saw a thread, I think it was on Twitter, and basically, someone was talking about the intellectualization of scientific racism and like how it's led eugenics. by people from money, yeah, yeah. Like eugenics, and how we see it so much more in like organizations now, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, someone was saying, yeah, it's all well and good saying it's the media, top um, big wigs, it's the, all these people that are basically fueling racism, but it's Gary and Steve that are stabbing, stabbing my dad, for example, on the bus mm. that belong to NF, that are from that are from a particular demographic. Yeah. These are the people that are sort of the foot soldiers that are doing mm-hmm. the violent work. Like, mm-hmm. how do we make sense of that? Like, and I'm not, I don't want to do this in a way that demonises working class people, definitely not. But there, there is sort of a bit of an elephant in the room within that, within the debate about, it's not a debate, the fact that racism is is linked to power. What about those who are powerless no, that carry right. out so, racist so, acts? So even, you know that, I mean? even that con- that concept of them being powerless, their their race affords them a power, 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 power. A, yeah. a form of power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is, and actually, the reason why it manifests in that way yeah. is because that, for most, for that stereotypical working class white person that you've described, mm. um, that for some, for some, for some people from that demographic, mm. that is their the only way they can express their mm. power. Mm. But no, listen, right, you have to understand this, like, mm. when it comes down to it, it in, the, in the history of, like, especially in London, 
London had a sizable uh, black population in the 18th century, right? So it's about 300,000 black people living here. And they live closely with white people, right? At this time, there's still notions of race building, but they live closely. There's a sense of conviviality, sense of conviviality that, for example, Chinatown used to be in East London. Predominantly white area, Chinatown used to be there prior to war. So this is a mixed group of people. It's always been multiracial. The, the Queen Elizabeth had their problems because she thought the white people were mixing too much, too much with the black people, mm. with the black Moors that were here. Mm -hmm. So it's always been this kind of link. And what you said is whether you can link with this, even though we can talk, we can talk, we can, different races, we can talk, right? Yep. How does this violence happen, or what happens is when there's when there's kind of confrontation over a resource. Yeah. We struggle over resources. Exactly. So, so if, yeah. there's, if there's a council flat, well, I'm going yeah. to fight you yeah, for yeah. that. Yeah. So, so in those middle class spaces, yeah. there's none where there's an absence of anyone, any white working class, with an absence of black people, absence of anyone but themselves. This is where the problem happens. Mm. And they're the dominant group. I don't know if I agree with that. And the reason why is because I don't think... I think they it's a different manifestation of the same thing. So it's in the working class communities, you're right, it manifests differently and there's a proximity. Mm -hmm. So there's a proximity to blackness mm -hmm. that working class white people have mm -hmm. um, that middle class white people don't have. So they don't have the platform to necessarily display their racism in the same ways, yeah? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. In it's all yeah, 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 in that way. Yeah. In, but in the same breath, I think the two things are... They're not. They don't come across. As, they don't feel separate to me. So the 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 guy that we're fighting over a council flat and he's calling me a black C-U-N-T mm -hmm. because he thinks I'm taking his job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then the middle class person who whatever has whatever view of me or their microaggression. Mm -hmm. So it might not even be overt, but they're mm -hmm. the way in which they address mm -hmm. me. Those two things, those two acts, don't feel separate to me. No, no. I, and I would say that they're, they're not separate, but also they. Racism is a funny thing to pin down because it's ghost-like and ephemeral. It kind of shimmers. It's not one thing or the other thing. It's a combination of all these things, mm -hmm. right? So at the same time, I grew up in a predominantly white area. And I would say these people are 100% racist. Mm -hmm. But also, at the same time, I've had some of the best times with these They're guys. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they love you. So, so this, yeah. this Whereas a middle-class white person with power doesn't love you. They don't, they don't, they don't share the same space. <laughs> yeah. But this dichotomy happens all the time. So one thing we try to, especially in this current moment, not to demonise the white working classes, right? Because mm. there's so many... Working class white. Sorry, working class white. There's so many different configurations, right? And how and it's different configuration how we mix it. So when I started hanging around Brixton, Brixton, right? So I make Daniel live Angel Town, right? Around the back, mm. right? And he, he, there was a group called, the, they called the Cockneys. They weren't mm. Cockneys, but it was a group of white boys. Mm. So there were about 10 of them in the, in the area that's predominantly black. And it's how they interact. Mm. And sometimes they were super racist. Have you not seen Mo Gilligan's thing? Sorry, a bit. No. Oh, yeah, I watched it on the way in no. the <laughs> Oh, wow, that black, was so funny. Black pony, sorry. You like to But you can you see, can you see, like, there's different yeah. degree of how they interact. Mm. And so they can be in that space, a, a predominantly black space, still be... I grew up mm -hmm. around white people, yeah. Mm. And I, I grew up, so my first, I went to two secondary schools. My first one was predominantly white, my second one was predominantly black, <clears throat> yeah. Now, we used to call them the sweet mates. Yeah. And me, and because, just because I, I didn't have home training, I was always out with the sweet mates. So where <laughs> all the other West African girls were at home doing homework or going to church, yeah. I was out drinking in parks with the sweet mates. Yeah. And I got really, like, I loved the sweet mates, yeah. Uh -huh. And they were racist. Like, they would say some mad things. Mm -hmm. They would do some mad things, say some mad things. But 
it came from a different place. Yes. Mm-hmm. It came from, and it, it's not to excuse it. Mm. And actually, it's unfortunate because of Brexit and Facebook really made me sad because <laughs> I saw some things on there that were like, that's my, what yeah. 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 my sister's saying these yeah, things, yeah, but yeah. it it comes from a different place. And I feel mm. that, that that version of racism needs to be addressed mm. in as much as the other... Like, it's just different, but, but it's, it's the same thing. Exactly. So, again, it's again of power. It's again, it's again a notion of control as well. But, so, I guess... I guess the, I think this has been... This is exactly the conversation I wanted to have about it, and I totally agree with um, both of you. It was just really interesting, like, reading that and be like... Because my focus is always on structural power, how whiteness mm. operates ideologically. But I come sometimes take my eye off the ball in terms of the actual violences that are directed on um, our bodies by some of these white people. I mean, I've had it to me personally. Like, my dad was stabbed by someone from the NF. Like, do you know what I mean? These are working-class people that have affected us, like, physically. Mm. It's almost like the person that had written this was trying to make the point is that, obviously, we have to focus on these these things that happen structurally, but also there are these real physical threats that I don't know what you guys feel like, but more recently, I felt like that they could happen again to me. I felt much more at risk... Um, in certain spaces, um, I think, um, and then I did five years ago. This is really interesting because I listen, so I don't really listen to LBC anymore. Um, I I do. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) For field work. (laughs) Now I hear that. Honestly, I like to know, like, what. Yeah. I know it's really, like, lots of sociologists will be like, why are you listening to that? But I don't know, I just find it interesting. Yeah. I don't listen to it anymore, but I really enjoy James O'Brien. I James Brown for Prime Minister twenty twenty. Like him, but he's a problematic G, right? James O'Brien for Prime Minister. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So I really like him, and I think he since the whole Brexit thing. So since about two thousand and sixteen, his um, narrative has literally been. He's watched him grow. Yeah, no. Do you know what? Yeah. <laughs> if there's a white man out there, right? <laughs> It's him. <laughs> no, but um, yeah. I'm gonna send this to Joe Friday. I'm not even joking. No, babe. If we look at his narrative, even yeah. if we look at how he was talking on LBC, even like ten years ago, mm. the change. The, and the I, growth, do you know what? I think it's. I love teachable men. Yeah. So I think that's what it is. I love teachable men. He's such a teachable man. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, yeah, his growth is so evident. But mm. his narrative since the Brexit thing has literally been working-class white people that spew mad things on Facebook and mm. call in and say the maddest of things. You guys need to first address your victimhood. So you guys need to understand that you are mm. victims of the same structures that Mr Singh, Mr Patel, do you know what I mean? Me, Jade, that, I, that I'm a victim to first. Then you need to address your power in, within that above Mr Singh and, and Jade and Ez and your, do you know, all of us in this room, do you know what I mean? And it's that power that means that you'll take your knife and you could stab my dad or, mm. or you could stab Mr Singh or Mr Patel, mm. do you know what I mean? But first you need, to addri- you need to know that you're puppets and that you are victims in mm. this thing first. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's interesting though, like, this, this, has, this was a narrative, right? Like, and this is what upsets me about, especially British people, English people, is like they don't know their own history. So two hundred mm. years ago, you were doing that in the Piccadilly Massacre. You were doing it at the Chartist movement. You did it in the general, the general strike of nineteen twenty six to twenty nine. All these things you were doing 
But since since the introduction of neoliberalism, class has been downplayed. Mm. But Julie, can I just sorry cut yeah, you quickly? Sorry. I think as well. I think that people are really afraid of calling things out for what it is. So I think James O'Brien holds back from being like you're, you're dumb, you're very uneducated, you're very very dumb. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we're not and allowed I, to say things like that. We're but. not allowed to say it, but it's the truth. Yeah. In my research, I'm researching these people. One thing you can't do, right, is I. It's you. Sometimes we confuse rationality with feeling, right? They feel mm, a certain mm. way. And so you might come across dumb, but that feeling, I can't downplay that feeling. No, I'm not talking about your feeling. I'm talking about what you're saying. When they say it, not, but when, mm. when, they, when you say stuff, when you're, when you're feeling, so they're angry, yeah. they're emotional. So you might not come across, you might not thought it through. But what Jade is saying, when I go to the Brexit march, when I've gone to those Brexit marches, I see dudes and you sit there and you say, listen, I, it doesn't matter how rational I am and how I've sat there, I can explain shit to you. Mm, yeah. They don't care. Of course they're, not. And so it's trying to understand, first of all, what why they're so... Because so they I, think marching took their job. No, you have to, you have to understand the anger. Right? You have to understand the anger. <laughs> no, I get it. I, I exist as a ball of anger. anger. I, know. So I get it. You're trying to take... But, but remember, white people are not used to analysing themselves. But, right? So that's my, my issue. Is this is what I'm. This is where we're coming back to the Black History Month. Yeah, yeah. Coming back to all of this. Yeah. This is a white people problem. You <laughs> can just go and out on yourself. <laughs> this ain't nothing to do with <laughs> me. <laughs> Enough, I'm carrying enough baggage now, and I'm walking with it. And I'm ca- and then for now, come and start doing you sorts work. This go and read, this go and read. This is what I'm saying, right? This is the problem, right? It's about it's never been about me, it's yeah. never been about me, it's always been about So that's them. my point. My point is, don't give me a month to teach you about you, no, no, but, you lot go and read. But as a, right, as a majority, so we're, we're gonna say that for them. They, they don't know they exist, right? It's their absence. So when I say to them, do you understand what whiteness is? They're like, Tate, but that's, ain't that a bit racist? I'm like, well, why? I said, there's a... Go- no, no, but it's, but it's, oh, it's, it's oh, yeah, understand. No. I said, there's a, I said, though, I said, there's people out there, there's white people that understand that white, there's whiteness exists because they're willing to die for it. White supremacists know that whiteness exists and they're willing to kill for it. Mm. But you benefit from that. You don't say anything about it, but you've been, you're on the same spectrum, right? I'm going to bring it back to Jade's man, James O'Brien. I like that, sis. I think <laughs> this is why his growth has been so important, because he represents, and I do call you, I think you're a G, James, but you're a problematic G, because some of the things you come out with are a bit, still a bit, mm, like, mm, mm, a bit mm, sexist mm. and transphobic. Anyway, so one of the things, just relating to what you're saying here, and bringing it back to James, is that... He represents centre ground Britain, liberal yeah, in quotations yeah. Britain, and to hear him talk about whiteness and racism in a holistic way is something that you don't see from middle class white people. People that think they're post race, people that think that they don't engage in racism just because yeah. they don't because they got a black mate and they don't talk, or even a black kid, yeah. a, black, and they a don't black talk, dog, a black dog, <laughs> and don't engage <laughs> in racist language. <laughs> so I think what that's what's really that's what's really good about what he does on the radio is because you don't hear many liberal right. white people so, talking so that one, way. Right. So one thing he does, right? And the one thing that he does, he acknowledges his own privilege. He yeah. understands that he's mm. privileged and understand where he sits in that spectrum, in the structure. And um, I think it's so important that yeah. he is doing his work with his people. With his yeah. people, yeah, exactly. That but he, his he people them don't like him. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, of course not. Of course, of course they're not going to like but him, but see, he's doing the important but, work. But the, the, the fact is, when you say, like... Like it's under, he understands his position in the structure, right? And he can, he can reflect on it. He's to reflecting. Some, to some, to some degree, degree, yeah. 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 Like most white people, if you say to them, have you, like, one of the best experiments, I say, it's the most superficial thing I say to my white mates when I used to work in the bank, imagine in this room, everyone was black and you're the only white person. How would you feel? 
I tell you, I, I, I don't know. I'm like, the fuck? I said, this is my existence every day. Because they don't think of themselves in that reflective way. You go to any bookshop, superficially, you're going to see books on everyone. Women, blacks, gays, everyone. But yeah. not white people. Nothing mm-hmm. on white people. Because mm-hmm. they don't look at themselves that way. That's, um, what's it, Kehinde Andrews, the psychosis of whiteness? I feel, it's, it's a shame, you know? I think a lot of people, I... What you're saying to us, to everyone in this room, makes perfect sense, yeah? yeah? To them, for a lot of them, not all, not all white people, definitely not all white people, but to a lot of them, they don't understand this. Mm. And for even for the minority of them that do understand this, a lot of those people are hung up on their fragility, their guilt, and not able to really dissect right. and understand themselves. So I tried to have this conversation with white people. I tried to have a conversation with men, trying to explain patriarchy to a man, right? And I tried to say, well, tell this, why do we have, why do women have a whole month? And I'm like, because all the other time it's about us. And they're like, no, it's not. And it's that same conversation. It's a difficult conversation because they normalise everything. You know how difficult it is? And how, and how much of it outside you see, especially when you're trying to explain what you see, is quite evident. Mm-hmm. And they, they genuinely, genuinely so, so it's trying to, I try to break it. That's when I'm talking about race, when I, especially if I'm talking to a man, I try to put in gender. And they're more likely to understand. And I say, can, if you can transpose that, and if they, if they, if they go I don't, I don't like doing it. I get it. Yeah, and I get why it's, we it's, do it. It's, 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 it's similar with sexuality. It's, yeah. it's, it's similar mm. with gender. It's similar. Mm. Uh, um, Ability, disability, I get it. So it's similar, but mm. I also think that when will this end? <laughs> that when do we get to a point where? So for me, don't get me wrong. Everyone that knows me knows that race and gender mm. are my thing. That like I'm always. I feel like it's always going to be. Some, I'm always going to be doing that work because I can't run from it. Yeah. But then in the same breath, I think coming back to the original like conversation of Black History Month, in the same breath, I feel like. There is only so much one can pretend that these that Black History Month, for example, or whatever whatever kind of tokenistic leeway we're given to ex- to exist as ourselves mm-hmm. and to explain our, our right to exist as ourselves. Mm-hmm. I feel like one can only collude with that for so long. One can only say that this this other thing yeah. is is beneficial to me. Yeah. I can only, there's only so much that I can actually pretend mm-hmm. that as a thing that exists is beneficial to me. Because it's not like you've that like you've identified from the beginning. It's not about me. It's never been about it's me. It's never about me. And you don't need to go. You don't need to take fix you don't yourself. need to have fix yourself this up. month. You yeah. don't need to take Black History Month, go, read, get time off work, do whatever you need to do <laughs> wellness. <laughs> Can look after yourselves. They'll go African restaurant. Do what you need to do in the month, but don't make it about me. See, but it's, and this is what I'm saying. Right, so if we take it deeper, so what we're talking about is, is a deeper epistemological kind of question. We're talking about the, how they how they set, how you gather knowledge, how you dissemin- mm-hmm. how you break that knowledge down. The knowledge that you have is one particular view, and this view is fucked up because it defines your superiority in verse to my inferiority at all mm. points. And this myth perpetuates this whole society. This whole society, from eugenics to sports, everything that you do is based on my inferiority. But it's a lie. It always was a lie. Mm. And so this month, I'm telling you to look at your own books. Look at the research that you did, not me, you did. And and the kind of lies you've told upon lies. But do you think that they do that in this month? 
Most people don't. What do you think they do do in this moment? Most people, they wait for me to spoon feed it to them, right? They don't even, they don't want the education. They want the job. I'm not even joking. The thing is, I've mentioned this other guys a few times. I'm not joking. They don't even engage on a, even on this level. Mm. As in this, in this is a really in-depth, we've kind of dissected, gone left, mm. gone right, gone round. Mm. Mm. Great. We've done all of that. More time, they don't want that. They even want to hear some good poetry, listen to some good jazz, eat some nice <laughs> food, do the candy. And if it is, if it is from a more academic standpoint, they want to talk about how far we've come and our progress. Yeah. They're that, right? not. They're listen, not listen. in a this. Discom- they're not when ready I, for if it. If I'm talking to them, I'm driving the conversation, right? So you're telling me stuff. If you tell me stuff, I'll pull you up. But if you ask me about some nonsense, I will say to you, listen. What the fuck? You tell me. What do you think? Because I'm not going to tell you the answer. What do you think? And if you tell me some bullshit like tea, do you stop, do you float or do you sink? Because your bones are heavy. But I'll pull you up on that shit. Because right now, is this tea says new yeah direction right now, of? It's yeah. about it's, it's, about, it's about being confrontational. Then I say, listen, well. So I'm I'm watching you and that like, your arm is here and I'm thinking the person you're speaking to imagine is imagining their heads <laughs> cradled <laughs> in your massive arm, T <laughs> <so. laughs> And when I speak to them and I'm saying to them, now look, listen, I'll, I'll use their own I'll use their own knowledge against them, right? I say, listen, you, you have to, you have that pissed responsibility of what you believe. That's that's their own theories, man. It's a responsibility for how you, I'm what you believe. I'm with you, bro. So, I'm with you. So when you say stuff, when I say stuff, mm-hmm. I'm going to justify what I say. Now I've spoken to I spoke one guy. I spoke to him yesterday actually, and he was trying to understand, and he was talking all this kind of racist nonsense. I said, well, the way you speak about the English is about how whiteness is. It's on a Sunday. Yeah, before, before I went to hospital. It's heavy. Like, it's heavy for some. That's the thing. Listen. I'm with you, but I'm, I'm also like, I'm with you, and yeah. I'm not, again, I'll never knock you or anybody yeah. that, that. Even myself, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because I'm not, I, I, I see myself, I see where I do it as yeah. well, where, when I've got time and energy for it. Yeah. But I also feel like there's, there comes a point where I have to understand for myself, and this is me speaking for me only mm. here. I have to understand my limitations and I have to understand my capacity to engage with the fuckery. <laughs> and the older I get and the more responsibilities I gain, mm. I've got less capacity to engage with the fuckery. And I think there are, like, when we're talking about, so that's why this year, thankfully, and do you know what, next year I'll be doing poetry workshops, drama workshops, <laughs> whatever, you <laughs> whatever you can pay me to do, panels, um, talk, whatever it is. So next year I might need, I might need some work. But, I'm just grateful to be in a place where this year, do you know no, what, is? Yeah. I'm going to chill, I'm going to sit this one out. Listen, I, right, listen, at different points in my life, at my age now, I'd be the most radical I've been in my lifetime, mm-hmm. ever. I didn't expect that. And right now, I'm willing to do that work. And I understand to do that work. Now, some, people's, some people might have to pay their license for it. For example, you're talking about people like in Israel or campaign. Some people have to die for this shit, right? Mm-hmm. Most people, it depends what, where you are in your life and what you can dedicate to this. But also be ready to, so if and when the time comes where you need to take a step back and you need to look after yourself mm-hmm. and you need to actually on your Sunday just be with your family, eat your Sunday dinner and not be chatting to whoever it was about whatever it is. Yeah. So I think it's that balance between, because don't get me wrong, it's a lifelong, it's a, yeah. li- it's a marathon, we're going to be running but, this like race. I said, but I don't, so certain people can like, it's, it's not, when I talk about, it's even something with politics, your level of engagement might be different. So it might be, you, you might be just sitting there reading or having a conversation with your friend or it might be me, I, I will literally get Malcolm X tattooed across my back because I want to go ham. Because for me now, in 2019, I can't 
have that anymore. White people like uh, articulate black men as well, so you've got an opening there. You, you're very, I'm, I'm, you're, you're very privileged. You, like, you're yeah, in you a very privileged so position. We, we, if you list, obviously listen to the podcast and you guys know us as well, like we we have the same sort of like passion, but I channel mine. T's up for the argument. I'm not necessarily up for the argument. But I'm up for doing things from the back, round the back. But I think what your position in it and what role you want to take, I think is really good. And I think it's needed. For me, I'm a little bit more, as this sort of thing, like I'm really not up for debating my existence with them. But I will do the work on the outsides to help my people come through and do... But this is how the whole movement works. Yeah, for real. And this is how we change things, right? Yeah. And... In this room, we're reconfiguring what blackness is, right? Yeah. So what, when I, when I, my nan's over, when I speak to her, blackness is something completely different. It will just keep your head quiet and just get on. Mm. Bro, listen, between us, we can change this shit. Yeah. yeah. We can change. Remember, this this thing was created, so it can be uncreated. Mm-hmm. Like all things, whiteness was created, so it can be mm. uncreated. Not even uncreated, reconfigured. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is what we're doing. We're in this process, doing this all the time. Yeah. And I think this art, this room, this conversation is that, and we've all got different roles. Definitely. So, like I said, man, right now, man will sacrifice things for that, right? Mm. Not my trainers, though. Or <laughs> <laughs> my gym time. No, definitely. I just think, I know we've spoke about this a lot on the podcast, but I don't know. I just feel like that it's not just white fragility, I think it's a combination of white fragility, white supremacy, and white domination, mm. which means that these conversations are so difficult for. Um, white people, or particularly non-black people, so people of colour as well, to have these conversations. Like, I think people get really uncomfortable when you want to talk about but, the subjugation of black people. Listen, I think I think we're all used to talking about our subjugation, right? So when I talk to, even when I talk to our own people, they're telling me, team, we're, 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 we're always bad to each other. Oh, no, baby, yeah, don't get me no, wrong. This is it's not. Yeah. It's, it's a it's a it's an ideology. Yeah. It's a it's a it's it, a movement. It's, it's, it's dominated. Everyone, like, everyone's everyone's affected, yeah. affected yeah. including black like. Yeah, black people come we out with like, the weirdest shit, and you're like, that is not how even it is. If, even yeah. we haven't mentioned it, and we probably don't have time to really go into it, but even this whole like co opting Black History Month to be a People of Colour Month. Yeah. Who said yeah. that? Everyone's doing that now. <gasps> oh, that's been happening for a few years now. Yeah. So it's now become a like, you're celebrating um, all diversity and all sorts of fuckery happening. That's a quiver by the system, right? If the system can co opt and push things into corner. And box it is it's a clever way, it's a clever strategy. Yeah. I just get it all feel, out in one go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just <laughs> yeah. wouldn't feel yeah, as no for me personally, I yeah, I don't like in, like if stuff isn't necessarily for me or if it's been, if it is supposed to be positioned just for a certain group, I'll always say like, Oh, you need to talk to this person, you need to talk to that person. Right. Like for me, like I wouldn't be able to understand this, right? Globally black people are at the bottom, right? Doesn't matter where you go, people try to fuck with us, right? So like today I posted something about the Arab slave trade. It's never really spoken about in Black History Month, right? So with, with the input of Islam, when they rode into Africa in the, in the 7th century, you have a, a systematic subjugation of black people. Between 10 and 20 million black people shipped to the, to Southeast Asia, right? Most between 8 to 10 had their penises and scrotums cut off, right? This is ha- And this is a continual thing that happens. So when you talk about the Janjaweed in, in, in Sudan, or you have people going to Mauritania, still chattel slavery, this is... Islam subjugating mm. our people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So there's there's, there's 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 things in black Arab history. Islam, yeah. Arabic Islam, Arabic yeah. Islam. So it's subjugating black people. Mm. So this needs to speak about in Black History Month as well. So it's about understanding the global discussion. See that information that you've got. Mm. When we think of Black History Month, mm-hmm. yeah, and even this conversation that we've had, 
when I think of Black History Month, when I, if I talk to my younger siblings or family members mm-hmm. who are in school learning about Black History Month or whatever, what have you, that's not the narrative. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And so in as much as I, I get from what you're saying today that we need to change the narrative, yeah. which is important, yeah. um, I think in mainstream, so outside of this echo chamber these conversations are not being had and if they are being had they're not being engaged with in meaningful ways so for me the conversation about that history month now needs to not be for everything you're saying today yeah. i'm on board with uh-huh. but now the conversation needs to be okay and how do we translate this knowledge to mainstream society how do we how do we develop spaces where this conversation can be engaged with in meaningful ways by your average Joe and Jim that have got no time to come and, I mean, that are not listening to our podcasts, that are not Mm. on Black Twitter, that are not engaging with the content that we're curating and putting out there. Because for most people, I've said it before, they just want the jollof, the candy, the curry goat. (laughs) They they want the enjoyment from it. They don't, they want to celebrate the positive things about black culture, but they don't want to engage with what that means for them. I think that's, I think that's a really interesting point. And the thing that's, the word that is coming into my head or the phrase that's coming into my head constantly when we've been talking about this is people talking about privilege and people talking about whiteness. And I think it's because it's something that is important in my research is that I just, I don't understand, and I don't know if this is because of my own lived experience why people aren't up for talking about that in these spaces. And I feel like that inability to see how your position in society is... You're more, you're more benefited if you are a person, if you're a white person, in, in the case of my, my research, if you're a black mixed race person, all these, all these things. Why can you not talk about, why can we not talk about that? Is that because we're not up for being vulnerable? Is that because these people aren't up for being vulnerable? I think it's an issue of vulnerability. Do you think Definitely. so? Because I think we, we talk about it with other subjects. Why can't we talk about privilege? Why can't those that are privileged talk right. about it? What, right? Why do we always right. need to caveat it? Why do we always need to say... Oh, but um, this has happened to me. That has happened to me. Why can't right. we just come out to the table? So, but white man, you gonna say it? How we opened this conversation. Yeah, so I'll talk about that, but I'll also talk about my theory of the world. (laughs) (laughs) No, I believe that, okay, the world is like a war, yeah? (laughs) In every single relationship that you're in is almost a war and something has to die. So when you're in relationship with your school, your workplace, the man, the woman, something has to die in order for the other party to live, essentially. And it might not be like a real, like, it doesn't have to be an unequivocal death, but it could be something like, okay, my favourite colour might be orange and my school makes me wear a green uniform and I hate the colour green. You're killing that part, that that little thing. It's It's insignificant, but you're still killing that. I'm still having to kill that in order to follow that rule that I have to wear this green uniform despite hating green and loving orange. Do you get what I mean? So I think everything you're in relationship with, you want it to to die in some way. Mm -hmm. It has to experience some semblance of death for you to live. So the way that I see our relationship with whiteness, Mm. blackness versus whiteness, something has to give, basically. In order for whiteness to feel like it's thriving and flourishing, something in blackness has to die or dim itself down, essentially. What I would say is that that follows a very Eurocentric idea. It's it's a Hegelian idea of the dialectic, right? It's a European perspective that we have something something that exists, something that counters it, 
and they both clash, mm. and then something happens, one dies, and something new is created. That's how you call that's Marx, that, that exists, mm-hmm. it's a European way of thought, but that's. That's, that's how it manifests currently, yeah. not that it, not know, that's how it I needs know. to. I know, but this is yeah. 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 in Europe, that's a dominant way of thinking, yeah, that's yeah. a very dominant way of thinking. But remember, that's one perspective of how things should be. There's I'm not saying it's no, how no, things no, no, should no, no, be. No, 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 how, sorry, so one thing is mm. one perspective how it, what exists, right? So there's different ways of thought to try and change this. But don't and, you think that's so perspective that Jade, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's, like, it's, like it's, that is, but that's a philosophy, and you've seen that within your experience, within your within your work, you're like, this is something that presents itself. So many people can't, Artic- like, so, there's so much, as we say, fuckery and the fact that you've been able to address... I think as black people, address... you sit there and we're always analysing the system, man. We're sitting there... Because we have to. That's what, yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're so reflective. We're being battered. <laughs> you know when you come home and you've been beaten up and you're oh, looking God. in the mirror and you're like, raw, that, and you're lifting your arm, you're like, oh, that hurts. And then you're analysing why I'm in so much pain. Yeah, but I think, I think the rat race tries to ensure that you never question why you are in because so much pain or why you're it. so tired or why you feel so uncomfortable and stuff mm. so it's actually a privilege that I've been able to do you know what I mean engage in certain mm. things that I can sit that back and think like hmm Western philosophy talks okay. about like, like Marx and like, the idea that you're taken out and put, put somewhere into work right so you forget about yep. linking with the world so Rousseau talks about being in the world the social mm. world but Marx will take you out of that the capitalism take you out so you can't think yeah but I mean but what we're trying to do and what they all were trying well kind of anyway was trying to get people to link up again to get re in touch. So we are in touch. Yeah, we are. We on, some level. on some level. As much as, as much as. These systems, this allow. podcast, this podcast is giving us the ability to reach out to more people now yeah. and say to them, listen, there's a different point of view. So we're, yeah. we're trying. Within the system, with, there's forms of resistance, right? And these, these resistances might seem small, but multiply that across how many people are doing this now. Mm. And like I said, the most, the most successful articulation of this, of, of the change of culture wars, has been the far right. They've changed the narrative yeah, so much. They've done so well. They've done, I'm, I'm almost proud of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm almost proud of them. Yeah, As a strategy, yeah. you can look at that and you, yeah. you can show these people 20 years ago sounded fucking insane. Yeah. Now, yeah. I spent three years That's reading, mainstream conversation. Yeah, reading some of the stuff that they said. Three years ago, I've said some of the stuff that they said to me at a dinner party. People looked at me like I was fucking crazy. Yeah. I said, look, they said they think black people are being controlled by the Jews. I said that to them and people just went, and it's at you like you're a dickhead. But this is the thing, I think you can see, like, when people say, how, how can you quantify change? So there's a thing called the Overton window. The Overton window is a shift in public perception to fit what was once outside the window is now in it. So right now it's acceptable to say the fuckery things that you couldn't say. You behave a silly, a certain way at football. At football, it was, it was unacceptable behavior like t- five years ago, but now it's, you can start throwing things on the floor. The far right have shifted that way, window. So we can shift that window too. Mm-hmm. If it can be shifted by them, we can do that too. Mm-hmm. By having these conversations, by speaking to people. Now, it might not be everyone, but it's, it's, it's a war of attrition. Yep. So if there's enough people doing it all around yeah. the world, mm-hmm. shit can happen. Oh, man. There's I some agree. really cool stuff in um, <coughs> Afrofuturism, academic part of academia in black studies oh my god it's so cool there's this really amazing black woman uh, PhD student Janine Francois and she has done some amazing work on the concept of time and how time is racist um, to black people because our time was taken from us Mm. um, from our ancestors Mm. and how we have to reconfigure our relationship with time and obviously time is very much connected to capitalism and labour and oh, honestly but, I can't wait for it to, but also to publish it's so time's an ontological problem right so even the, the notion of how you construct time and how time is so 
It's embedded in white, in yeah, white supremacy. It's white, it's, yeah, white, it's, white, it's yeah, used time says, in a very yeah. linear kind of way. But if so you go is it acceptable for me to be late all the time? All the time. Yes, <laughs> we are allowed <laughs> to <innocent>. be late. <laughs> <laughs> we're catching up, it's what she said. It's, it's like, actually catching part up. of my protest. We're always you know? catching up. You know what, I thought that, I knew that. On a spiritual level, I knew that, but I just, now I've got the language for it. Time is reparation. If you look at different parts of the world, like if you go to like what they consider primitive cultures, like in... Australia, how they view time and being is completely different. Their concepts are so advanced, Europeans still can't understand them. But they you know what, can I, can I just, so, in as much as I, lo- I do like these conversations, mm. but I think they're very academic, and yes. I think that really I, practical. yeah, because I'm talking to, so I work, if, I work with young people, mainly involved in the criminal justice system, and if you need to get to your on time, mm-hmm. you need to get to your on time, yeah. or if you need to, or if that, like, if, if, Whatever, whatever. So, so and so's been. There's been a microaggression, and you felt you feel that your um, teacher, your pre worker, whoever is treating you in a certain way because you're black. You still need to engage with that service. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like one of my main things with academia, or one of the one of the things that I'm most interested in, is bringing this conversation because I think we have the the minerals and the the tools the to be able to yeah to, yeah, to, yeah, to be yeah. able to navigate. Like, so we can have these conversations, we can kind of know what we know, but then still know how to navigate spaces so, that aren't designed for us. So, how do we bring that to my man? Right. In, in, so when I'm talking to young yeah, kids, when I go meet meeting kids, right? So I worked in the city, put up your white area, right? Put up your white thing. So I'm telling kids, right, so what did I learn? Boom, I, I'm still just, I still can be where I am from my habitat. So you still can be street. That's what, who I am, right? Mm-hmm. But it's about my character. It's about building things... That are essential. So when I say my character, I, I draw that from history. So Do you think white people are saying about like character? No, but listen, I'm not talking about. I'm talking about our people, right? So I'm talking okay. about our kids. I'm saying, listen, when I see you, right? I said, look at my grand. She came here and she had to hold up. She she worked hard. She wasn't being loud, flashy. She had quiet confidence, right? That confidence, that confidence, that character. She she worked hard. Things that don't come easy. This aspirational lifestyle that people talk and uh, it's very famous for. We need to push past that now. We need, there's more out there. There's more diverse ways of being black. You don't have to do one thing. You can be a multitude of things now. Do you know what? Something's just dropped in my head now. That would be a good use for a Black History Month to engage with young black people, to, to dedicate the month, to engage with young black people about, to bring these conversations mm-hmm. and kind of break them down in bite-sized ways mm-hmm to engage with younger, a younger generation of black people that maybe aren't engaged in the conversation mm-hmm. around race. Listen, I'm telling them, like, listen, representation matters, right? So when I go to work, when I first went there, I'm seeing, what, two black people and the rest of the cleaners, the rest of the doormen, or sweeping up things. And there's only one other guy who's the chief economist of, of the group. But I'm saying to people, when I went to schools now, I'm saying to kids, well, why don't you come there? They don't feel welcome. So I get that. I didn't feel welcome. I don't know, though, because I feel like, and obviously we haven't got time to get into this now because we're going to have to finish soon, but I feel like sometimes, and that that strand of the representation politics kind of, like, plays into neoliberalism and capitalism because what's wrong with being a cleaner? No, 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 I'm not saying you're a cleaner, but I'm saying if, if, if that's all you're seeing... But also, I, I, I get a bit, sorry, I get a bit with, so there's a form of violence in bringing, so I've brought, I've brought um, groups of black people to 
seemingly aspirational spaces mm. um, and they are in their tracksuit because that's how they dress and they do talk how they talk and they're loud and they're eating chicken and chips on the way in or whatever it is <laughs> and they're being judged and looked at in a specific way so it's and I think for them to, it, do you know what I mean yeah. but for them to have to engage for them to have to either so their options are to either assimilate and not be looked at and so to look, be looked at and kind of championed as aspirational while oh, you're doing right. really well because you are closer to middle class mm-hmm. white behaviour mm-hmm. and appearance so when I go there and I'm telling them, listen, you don't have to do it. It's the point. When I get there, listen, when I go there, I, I didn't check. When I first did, I didn't understand because no one told me. But do you know but what? So I had to go through that violence. But as an adult, you can, na- as an adult, you can navigate so that. No, no, now I can, but I had to learn. So I'm telling listen, I made mistakes. Bro, when someone said to me, I'm thinking, you're mugging me. I'll jump across the table and punch you in your face. This would happen. It's happened to me. Or people say to me, they say to me, your tea. And they make a joke about black people. And I didn't say something at the time. And I went home mm. and it hurt me, man. Yeah. And I see my little cousin, she's going through that now. So I'm saying, you don't have to change who you are, but it's about your character. People respond to your character. So if I want to be respected, you will respect me. Mm. I won't change your opinion, but you will respect me. Because in this space, it's about functional conviviality. We're part of an organisation that don't give two fucks who we are, really. Mm. We're all going to get sacked, right? So we have to understand, in this space, I'm going to be me. So at the end, I was wearing my Air Max, just work standard. What are you going to say to me? What are you going to do? You respect me. But then, T, I think that is... I don't know. I do see what you're saying, but I think that is a particular experience and a particular of course, but listen, sort but of point of view. I think that how do you... How do you... That isn't, that isn't... Like, even even for women, like, that isn't... You listen, can't always... You don't have the means to it's, negotiate it's, those spaces it's, in that it's, way. It's not, like happen, it's not, not happening, but someone has to start from somewhere. We can yeah. say that I, we have to I start agree. from somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So I'll say to someone, listen... If you want to be in that space, if you want to earn crazy amounts of money, right, and you want to have the aspiration I put on Instagram, do that thing. Working in that environment will give you that money. But also, there's cons to that. Because you said, these people are trying to fuck you up on every level. Yeah. So, actually, also, I'd explain that to them. What the real, because no one explained that to me. Mm-hmm. Because our parents didn't have the thing. So, if you're the first one in the area, I've learned. So, I'll pass that on. Because it's about networking, mm-hmm. about passing experience. Because one of the things we don't pass on, especially for black people of diaspora, is passing on the, the knowledge of the past. Our grandparents don't speak about the past, really. So you see this work that you're talking about, this is the work I've got time for. Yeah. But to yeah. go and start teaching Becky about Becky and her business, that's nothing to do with me. <laughs> yeah. It's not my business, I don't care. No, honest to God, I'm over it. I've done it. I've done, I've not, it's not that I haven't given time to it, I've given it, I'm at yeah, capacity yeah, yeah. now. Now this stuff, going to talk to my people about, yeah. particularly younger generation of my people, yeah. I've got all the time in the world for that. Listen, yeah. they want to, like people don't want to, people want to be successful, right? Young kids, they see mm. me, they see, they see trainers, they see things, they boom. How do you get that? And I tell them it's about things, about things that perseverance. But what your parents would tell you that you think was boring, perseverance, discipline, consistency. Shit, your mum said to you for what the fuck were you on about, man? Mm. But it's that consistency, that dedication to a thing that all the parents did that give us the life that we have now. Yeah. Boom. Where's the mic? Let me drop it. guys we're gonna have to finish there i enjoyed i enjoyed that conversation a lot i feel like we could go on for like another hour literally but i particularly come from the perspective of i think we're talking about elite spaces basically mainly and higher education but what jade began with like the importance of school as well like if we could get that right then Mm. things could maybe we could yeah yeah thank you so much for joining us we will be back next week um, we've got another episode for patreon supporters coming up quick 10 minutes if you are able to join our patreon community please do consider it all the money goes towards us keeping this going we'll see you again next week thank you
You've been listening to Surviving Society with Chantal and Tiso. Please like, rate and subscribe. You can also find more of us on Twitter and Instagram. 